See, this is the real secret of life. To be completely engaged with what you're doing in the here and now. And instead of calling it work, realize that this is play. Welcome to the Restore to Explore podcast, hosted by your soulmates from the Foot Collective Australia. I'm Jim Dooner. And I'm Mac Lyon. We're on a mission to empower humans to restore their natural health and function from the ground up so they can explore movement and life with freedom and confidence. This week I chat with Talia from PhysioSmart in Adelaide, which was the location for our seminar tour when we were down there last in 2021. And while we were down there, I had a great chat with Matt, who is the owner of PhysioSmart, and that episode would pair really well with this episode. So if you're keen to listen to that one as well, it's called A Smart Approach to Rehab, and it's in season one of the podcast, about 20 episodes in. And when we were down in Adelaide, Matt and Talia were just at the very start of their journey with their movement training community, which is called Motum. And that has gone through a lot of growth and evolution since that time. So I was super stoked to get to talk through that in detail with Talia in this episode, along with her own journey with physiotherapy and movement, some of the main problems with the traditional approach to healthcare and physio. And we also talk through the immense value of connection and community for improving outcomes in rehab and overall health. Before we jump into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know about our brand new TFC Explorer membership, specifically designed to help humans get out of pain and find foot freedom. You see, we've had thousands of people reach out to us from across the world since TFC was founded seven years ago. Many have been in pain, They've tried traditional approaches with health professionals and were left feeling disempowered, lost, and often alone. But they refused to give up. They knew there had to be another way. And that's usually when they found us. The problem is there's so much information out there that's often conflicting, and it can be super tricky to know who to listen to and what step to take next. We've been listening to these stories for years and working hard behind the scenes to bring everything we've learned from those interactions and the experiences of the collective to create something really special we believe has the potential to change lives. Whether you have a specific condition like plantar fasciitis, bunions or Morton's neuroma, or just want to improve your overall foot or movement health, the TFC Explorer membership is for you. The membership lets you into our exclusive Explorer's Circle, a private online community of like-minded humans on the same journey. Together you'll complete a 42-day virtual health experience with daily lessons and challenges that will upgrade your health from the ground up and help you build powerful, sustainable habits plus some lifelong mates from around the world. On this journey you'll be guided by our ultimate digital training tool, the Collective Compass. That includes a training library with exercises, routines, and detailed, actionable guidance for your specific condition. Every two weeks, you'll also be able to connect for live group calls with our experienced TFC guides and your fellow explorers to share your experiences and ask questions. And if you join before July 2023, you'll get 50% off your membership for life. It's our way of saying thanks for helping pioneer this exciting new adventure. Head to thefootcollective.com forward slash explorer to learn more. You'll find the link in our show notes. Okay, Talia, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped. I'm nervous, but I'm pumped. <laughs> um, me too. It's uh, It's been a while coming. Um, we, 
we first connected back in, I think it was 2021, yes. which was well, almost two years ago now, um, mm-hmm. start of 2021 maybe. And from my memory, you guys just started posting a bunch of stuff about the beams. I think you got a, a beam. I think you got it shipped over from Canada by the look of it. And yeah, then, one of the big green ones. Yeah, 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 which is super fun to play on. I think they're like, they're only available from Canada, those ones. Um, yeah. And then we just organized to come down to Adelaide. That was our first and actually first and only ground up seminar tour. Um, and then I ended bring up having... Back. A, bring back the bring, tour. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, second half of this year, I reckon once I've settled into dad mode, yes, I think we'll, we'll get back on the tour. Um, but yeah, I ended up having a chat with Matt uh, on the podcast, which yeah. is a great episode. And actually, if anyone hasn't listened to that, I highly recommend going back and listening to that if you yeah because it's it's actually a really good chat we we talk a lot about physio and movement and play and i guess mm-hmm. your overall approach at physio smart which is mm-hmm. um the clinic that you guys uh, i guess work out or matt yeah. owns i believe yeah matt um owns it, yeah and but it was i think it was at that time that you would either just about to launch modem or you you had just launched it motor movement yeah um, it's in its infancy for sure definitely infancy yeah so I'm super keen to explore that obviously it's been like from my perspective it's been really amazing to watch it grow and evolve on social media from what I see and um, I can only imagine how massive it's been for you guys that whole I guess that whole transition or that that growth Um, so I'm keen to dig into that but would also just love to start with I guess more about your story um, Mm -hmm. especially I guess as it relates to movement and physio and you know where you've come from and how how you got to where you are now as a a summary as as deep as you like (laughs) to start off with um no well I've been a physio for seven years now um in a private practice setting and I guess my journey to where I am now is I started off as a kid that loved to move and got thrown into everything possible. I was really, really lucky. I was a swimmer, runner, dancer, gymnast, circus, did all of these things. Um, And I guess it's, I was thinking about this when you asked me before, um, it was probably like the last time that I actually felt free in my body was when I was young. I could do anything, right? And then as I've gone through school and then into uni, I kind of became pretty crippled with chronic pain when I was in my early 20s, um, which it just, I look back at it now and I just think it's so ridiculous. But I was this young, I guess, healthy individual who was then going to uni for X amount of hours a day, sitting for X amount of hours a day. And I kind of popped out at the end as this physio who was meant to be, you know, practicing and um, having this healthy lifestyle and sharing my philosophy with other people. And I just wasn't, I was like riddled in chronic pain, neck pain, Mm. migraines, back pain, costochondritis, you know, rib inflammation, crush fractures in my T-spine. I was just a hot mess. And I think from that, I'd kind of practiced for three years in a private practice where I was just seeing a lot of patients um, and seeing them in really short amount of time periods and mm. was just completely burnt out. And I think, unfortunately, it's not a, um isolated story. There's a lot of physios and health practitioners that end up where I was. Um, and it took me some time to go away and have a big old holiday, <laughs> surf, chill, um, 
living barefoot lifestyle but not knowing what I was doing mm. and then I came back and started working at Physio Smart which was close to four years ago now um, and I guess my journey from there was starting with Matt and Max and Nathan it was a really small team back then um, and I remember them putting me through my first like movement assessment which I had never done before I'd only done what I'd been taught at uni which I guess you and I would know as a very like basic musculoskeletal or body assessment um and we look back and like laugh at it now because I was standing there and my head only turned 20 odd degrees Mm. um I couldn't move my shoulders I couldn't squat lower than what a chair would be um and I think probably the most groundbreaking moment was when they put me on my tummy to do a rolling pattern like the little tackers do um, and I physically like could not move. I was, I was stuck. I was like wow. a, a surfboard. And I think now it's come so far and what people see on our Instagram and on physio smart and on Motum is they see this person that, you know, moves and does all this stuff, but I, I didn't, I didn't have that years ago. I had to work for it. Um, and then from there, gosh, we, yeah, I'd been working at physio smart and I started to see this thing just stuck with me. Matt had said, um, what we do here, Talia, is we don't just treat the pain or the symptoms of what someone's got. You have to treat them as a person and you have to treat their movement. And that has just stuck with me ever since that day. And I think the team working on me and then seeing how good it could get, I started getting rid of these pains and things started moving, feeling like I did as a kid again. Um, And it was like, it just clicked. And then it was like, wow, okay, if I can do this to myself, I'm the guinea pig, I know how it works, I can start doing it with my patients. And so it took me a couple of years of practicing in that way as like a movement approach to physio. Um, And then, yeah, Matt and I really gelled on this idea that was Motum, which is his idea that he'd been working on for several years. But I think me coming into the clinic, it kind of just gave it an opportunity to come to life. Mm. (laughs) Um, And the premise behind it was that if we are helping all these people in the clinic, people are loving what we're doing and getting good results, but we were getting so booked out and couldn't fit these people in. And we only had a certain number of practitioners who knew how to take this approach. It was like, we need to help more people. Like how on earth can we help more people? And that's when Motum was born. So yeah, 2021 was when you guys came down. Um, And I think that was a pivotal year for us, but also for myself personally, like, yeah, going through, all the stuff with you guys with the Foot Collective, that weekend of workshops that you held here in Adelaide was, um, yeah, extremely eye-opening for me. And there's things now that I just cannot unsee. <laughs> and, um, yeah, gosh, where else do you what, want me to go what, with that? What, I'm interested what kind of things, I guess, were new to you um, from those workshops and seminars and what, what are some of those things that you sort of feel uh, like resonated with you most or like stuck with you most? Absolutely everything. But <laughs> I think the first thing was just it. you took it all the way back to the simplicity. I remember we started the session with like some breath work. We talked about just natural environments and how we're sort of meant to live in this like fundamental need for movement and that if we don't have that, we tend to suffer Um, and I just remember going through some like toe yoga we did all this fun stuff with the hacky sacks and the beams and everyone was sitting there and putting these toe spaces through their toes and 
it just, I don't know, it was a small crew, but everyone was connected. Um, and I think, yeah, it comes down to like, we all inside know that we need this stuff and it's not until you're put in an environment like that. And with someone like you, who was talking about it, um, that you just realize that, yeah, it's groundbreaking, but it is just, it's, it's natural. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I think it just lit up a part of my brain that probably had never been, I'd never been taught that stuff. Um, you know, just knowing that each foot has those 33 joints and then we're going like 33 by 33 and we're like, wow, how much movement is happening in each foot? It's just, yeah, it, it blew my mind really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it is, it's hard to fathom the, the complexity of the foot, but yeah, like you said, there's so much, there's so much complexity, but when you get down to it, sometimes the simplest things are really all you need to focus on. Mm. Um, and something like you, another thing that you said is that we're all, it was a small crew, you know, I guess, you know, small space, small crew, but it, everyone was very engaged. I do remember mm. from Adelaide, it was a very engaged group and lots of great questions. And there is something about getting together with people in person and connecting and laughing. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's, that's really the, the beauty I've seen in Motum um, being connected to a physio clinic is, you know, you, people people come to a physio in pain and their experience with physios in the past, if they've had experience, or I guess even their experience with the healthcare system in general is like, um, you know, I come to you in pain. I expect some kind of sort of fix or solution Mm. to my pain that you give me. Whereas I know that one, you guys are different in the sense that you take a a much more sort of movement and root based cause, uh, um, like Mm -hmm. root cause based (laughs) approach um which is different in itself but even that alone doesn't or can't replace the what you get from moving together in a group and and being tied with a community as well and so yeah how have you found that um with with patients that you've had who've come to you for some kind of pain and you've seen them in person then you've sort of progressed them towards that motum um because it's classes that you run. I know you have an online component yeah. as well, but it, I believe it started with the in-person classes. Yeah, it definitely started with in-person classes. It was that that year, 2021, where um, we completely just knocked out our clinic. We used to have this huge waiting area in the centre, this massive desk. Oh, that was a waiting area. Chairs, sat around <laughs> it, yeah. And then boom, <clears throat> Matt's just knocked the whole thing out and gone, this is our movement space, it's communal. And um yeah, it was pretty cool because people do come in there now and they're on the floor rolling around doing all these things before their appointments, which was kind That's of so the dream. <laughs> um, but that created a space finally that we could hold these classes because prior to that we just we didn't have the space. So um, the classes are still small now. They're between five to eight people, which I think with the physios taking them at the moment, it's really, really cool um, to see that everyone's still getting um one-on-one attention and yeah it elevated our community as physio smart just so much more because I think what you said before like the one thing that Motum does differently is we really do make this stuff pretty fun like we take it seriously and there's a lot of knowledge that's um shared and there's a lot of philosophy that's shared in those classes but at the end of the day it is a lot of fun so having a place that people can come and work on their movement together is um yeah huge and the community has grown yeah both in the clinic and also yeah online as well so yeah 
Yeah, and so the the online space has been, um, I guess, a more recent thing. Although I think that was maybe earlier, early last year that you launched that. So, yeah, how have you found the yeah the online space versus the in person? Like, obviously, the in person is is limited, but you get a much you know the Hugh who I was talking to last week on a podcast mm-hmm. was or at least I was talking to him, not necessarily released last week, but uh, he was saying there's this energy exchange that you get when you're in person, which I think was a good way of saying it. Like there's an an actual energy exchange that you just can't mimic from online stuff, but then the online stuff does give you a bit more scalability and who you can reach. Um, So have you, have you found that that's basically what's happened is that you've been able to turn your local sort of community in your area in Adelaide to more of like a, uh, a national community do you have people internationally yeah. now doing motor yeah. as well or? yeah I I definitely agree on the like feeding off of energy I you know I can't explain when I finish teaching a class and often we've got two classes going at the same time and we'll come out at the end and just like oh my gosh we did this and this was so cool and everyone's out there buzzing and chatting and um yeah that you, you can't beat for sure but the online accessibility and I say that uh, we've been able to connect with some pretty cool people online um, and I still feel the froth and excitement with people over Instagram. Um, we do with um, part of our online programming, people um, send through a series of baseline measurements. So they um, do their movements and then send them through to us. And then mm. once they go through their program <clears throat> or throughout their program, they continue to send those movements and then we provide feedback and I think that is a really important touch base moment because people, yeah, I feel like I'm still getting that connection. Um, and you said, yeah, are there people interstate? Absolutely. We've got people all around kind of the east coast of Australia that are on it. And then we had um, a crew over in Canada as well jumping on. And then every Sweet. now and then I'll see these random people, you know, from Buenos Aires and all these different countries <laughs> jumping on and connect with them on Instagram. So I think this is only just the beginning for us. Like we're um, building our online platform a lot at the moment and that's what a lot of this year is going to be dedicated to um, is building more programs into Motum. So at the moment, the way that it's operating is we've got our like um, body reset section, which is where people who feel like they just need to boom, press reset on their body, everything's feeling a bit stuffed. Um, They can go through two like six week series um, of programs. But at the moment, Matt and I are in the middle of creating some stuff for the back and the knee and and things like that because we want people to be able to explore and work whatever area they need to um but then we've also got our like membership which is just a weekly guide of movement and that's all movement snacks it's all 10 minutes um and for me I think why I'm so passionate about that is because for the last couple of years that's really all I've done (laughs) It's just tiny bits of movement throughout my day. I don't have this hugely dedicated practice, which is I'm trying to change this year, but um, I would be calling it in kind of like a maintenance phase in the last couple of years where I just feed this stuff throughout my day. Um, And it's not, yeah, it's not uncommon for me to just be in my room at the end of a day or between patients and boom, I'm on the floor on my laptop or I'm moving and rolling around, shoes aren't on. Um, I've got, you know, rings at the back of my door in my porch and boom, I'm just hanging on there and go upside down. It's all these little things. And I think the more that we can impart that on people, the better, because that's a sustainable 
way of creating like a habit and a change. Yeah. And when you yeah. can build it into your lifestyle, it, it really, yeah, the key there is sustainability. Like mm. for me, if I look back on my training for the yeah the last couple of years, I'm, I'm quite similar to you where I'll just sprinkle things in throughout the mm. day. I do a lot of ground based, just ground sitting and, mm-hmm. you know, we call it ground living as a, as a general concept. Um, and it's actually surprisingly how much function and flexibility and strength that you can maintain just from doing those little sprinkles. Um, And, you know, I'll often check in with my front splits or my middle splits. And those are two, you know, those are two good examples of some things that I've wanted to improve. um, But for whatever reason, have have never stuck to like a proper progressive program with them, um, which is a little embarrassing. But at the same time, they're pretty good considering I don't work on them or hadn't been working on them very much. And I think a lot of that comes down to just very frequent use of being down on the ground and doing some locomotives and animal flow type stuff and just keeping, it's like a, yeah, just general maintenance mode. Mm. Um, So I think there's, there's a lot of value in that sort of movement snack approach. And then I think at at the same time, there is a lot of value in a progressive structured approach sure. where you're really sort of each week you're tracking and progressing, which is what I'm getting into a lot more this year, um, which is feeling feeling really good as well. And I'm interested with Motum. So you mentioned there's the body reset program. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if someone's, if someone's say got painful areas and mm-hmm like they're seeking help with pain, which I guess a lot of people are, and especially people who who want to go to physios. Is that something that you're like, is it pain that people would come to modem and that body reset for, or is it more, um, you know, just general stiffness, maybe, maybe a couple of niggles or like, yeah. yeah. What what have you seen so far? Yeah, we see a full spectrum. um, And I think it's definitely targeted towards that more like long-term stiff, sore, things are just grisly. Um, I think that acute pathology and pain, which we would know very well, it's definitely not designed to fix any of that. Um, But we do see people that are just, I would call it the broken body. It's like, oh, my body feels like it's 100 and I'm 20. Or like, and it just, it makes me really sad. But they're the kind of people that um, we work with. And I mean, the benefit of it is, we can always do like a one-on-one assessment at the beginning to then decide if it's right for you. And that happens a lot. I'll just do a one-on-one telehealth or a one-on-one in the clinic. We see people that come from all over SA, like they drive five, eight hours um, to come and see us. And then we'll go through that assessment and be like, boom, 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 you're going to do this, this, and this. And then in maybe two weeks time, you'll be ready to jump in on the body reset and I'll guide you through it. But Mm. it's a pretty like intensive program and we think it encompasses all the like fundamentals and the basics. Like you've got all of your ground-based movements up to standing. So we start with what we would call like getting true core strength and spinal mobility and just gaining control over your spine again. And then we break into like a phase of rotation and, you know, what flexibility would be in all the joints. Mm -hmm. And then we go into more of a bending and extending approach. So looking at all of your different ways of bending, all of your different ways of extending, like your hinging and all that kind of stuff. And then we go through um, a pretty intensive like squats and hots and barefoots style training as well. So, 
yeah, we think it covers a lot. Um, and the benefit of doing all that baseline assessment is someone who might think they're joining the program for their stiff lower back very, very quickly finds out that, hang on, it's not actually my back that's the problem. Mm. It's the fact that I can't move my upper spine or I can't balance on this leg or I can't access a squat. It's very, um, yeah, I think it creates this journey for people and that's why it's so important for, I think, a lot of people to go through a structured program maybe first and then once you've gone through that and you understand your body, then you can have kind of like the authority to do all the movement snacks say like I think you and I we, f- we forget how m- little people sometimes know like mm. with the movement snacks if we're like oh my hips are just feeling a little bit uh, I'll go on the floor and I'll just hang out in a shin box I'll hang out in a squat I'll do xyz but if you don't know you don't know so yeah. <laughs> it's like going through something more structured um and then what we were talking about before with your kind of next journey I think it's yeah there's a place for it for sure yeah that, that's a really good point actually is you you do have to I like to think of movement kind of like a language and you have to learn mm. your ABCs and how to string letters together to create words and then yep. words to create sentences and then once you've got a handle on it you can have a conversation whenever you like and it keeps your your language skills sharp um, yep. and yeah so if you've if you've either never learned your ABCs or, um, you know, you've just haven't been practicing that language for years and years and years, naturally it's rusty. You have to build back that foundation of, mm-hmm. um, of that grammar, I suppose. And then, yeah. and then you can, um, then you can sprinkle in like those movement stacks as we were talking about. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even on a, sorry, even in a more simpler level, like even what we would taught, at uni this idea of just these linear assessments Mm. of like oh yeah someone can touch their knees forwards and backwards when they're bending their spine but there's never this like combination of movements that's explored and I think that's what blows my mind each day it's like we're training or doing all this stuff with people that is so not applicable to what they can do in their life yeah that's interesting yeah I just and I can't unsee it now and I sometimes forget where my I guess my thought processes come from but when you reflect back on it it's like hang on like this this is it makes sense right (laughs) yeah yeah if you don't have the blueprint for what a bending pattern or what a resting squat position should look like how are you ever going to be able to mimic that yourself do you know what I mean if a squat in your mind is a back squat Mm. and just going you know 90 degrees and then coming back up how would you ever understand what your body should be able to do yeah and that that is a a great point we get that feedback from people those questions is like well yeah what should my body be able to do because Mm. everywhere you look people you know for want of a better word, there is a lot of dysfunctional movement everywhere you look. And mm. as we've talked about, that a lot of that just relates to the the environment that doesn't match our bodies. Yeah. Our bodies just don't get challenged and they don't get exposure to natural movements and therefore our movement systems become dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And so if that is the norm with everyone, you know, all your friends and family have dysfunctional movement, everyone at work has dysfunctional movement, everyone's yeah. complaining of back pain or shoulder pain or neck pain or some kind of pain, that mm. is that becomes the normal. It's like, well, hang on, what should my body actually mm. be able to do? How should it be able to move? And so what you've just explained there 
you know, having some baseline assessments and helping people interpret those baseline assessments. Yeah. That's something that we've really um, focused on with our new, um, our new course or our, our new experience is like really taking um, good detailed notes on where is your body right now? It's not, not really, it's not about judging your body or getting down in yourself for not being able to do something, but it's just an, an objective look at where is it now? What does that mean? Uh, and what can you do to improve it? Um, yeah. So that, yeah, that sounds, that sounds epic. And do you, um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, um, you incorporate some foot and ankle stuff. So do, do people, when they practice modem, is it shoes on or shoes off? It's obviously something I'm oh, interested in. But <laughs> 100% it's shoes off. Nice. Um, and I, I love the um, the people that come in for their first class and they're kind of like in their shoes and they're like looking around and everyone's like whipping their shoes and socks off. And it's like, hang on, do I have to um, keep these on? I had a lady that came in um, the other week, she started her first round and she was like, oh my gosh, I had to go out and buy some like closed in shoes today for the class. And I was like, no, no, yeah. please tell me you kept the receipt. You don't need them. <laughs> Take, them, Take back. them back. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely barefoot. Um, we use, yeah, the beams, the hackies a lot nice. as play for either warm up or at the end of the session, just to get people's brains kind of thinking and moving a little bit differently. So um, yeah, barefoot for sure. Yeah, I've got, that was that was a, it was a silly question, really. But um, <laughs> how have you found? Like, have you found there's been much resistance to that, or is there anyone online who is like, um, uh, you know, I want to keep my shoes on, or anyone who you've found, you know, needs to keep their shoes on because of their foot pain or anything like that, or, or are all your movements sort of accessible enough? No, um, I think everything is is pretty much accessible enough, and. I think with us at PhysioSmart and with Motum, I guess a lot of our referrals come from word of mouth or from Instagram. So it's kind of like what you see is what you get. I think people yeah. have this image already in their mind. It's like, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing. Um, yeah, it's not unusual um, for us all to be walking around the clinic without shoes either. My gosh, there was a day where Matt just didn't wear shoes and I was like, you're the boss, mate. You might have to put them on. But um <laughs> yeah, so no shoes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, I wish I wish I had access to a physio clinic like yours when I was going through, like when I was starting my career. My my first physio job, it was great experience um overall and you know it's not not that I regret it in any way. And it was it, there were there were good people, but everyone was wearing RM Williams boots and, yeah. you know, uh, uh, like, you know, the black dress pants and long sleeve shirts. So it was a very restricted movement yeah. sort of environment. And, you know, we had a, nowhere near the amount of movement space that you had. And it was very sort of in the room, hands-on manual therapy, mm -hmm. we fix you type approach. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, you can, as you're aware, you can, you can do some really great things with hands-on therapy. And it, it's not that I don't think there's a role for that, but if, if that's all people experience and that's what they think is needed for their pain, whereas actually yeah. it's the change in their movement behavior. Yeah. Um, I think honestly that fed into why I ended up so broken is yeah I was wearing the same thing those dress pants my shirt I don't even think I could lift my arms up barely to reach the steering wheel when I was driving to work in my old work uniform um and yeah just poking and prodding and massaging people all day it just was not 
I was not designed to be like that and I was definitely not designed to see people in 20-minute appointments. Like I, yeah, love to have a chat and love to really understand who I'm working with and what they want to achieve. Mm. Um, And, yeah, we still use hands-on therapy at our clinic but it's, you know, we use it with a purpose of what we're trying to achieve, not just for the sake of it and, there's a really big philosophy of what we do and it's this kind of idea of if you're going to mobilise something, you then have to stabilise it so you're going to do an active corrective or exercise after that. Mm. So if someone's, you know, thoracic spinal upper back is really stiff and you choose to do something and mobilise them through there, you're then going to have to spend the next X amount of minutes after that making sure that they have something to take away and they can do so that they can keep that change there as, to the best of their ability. Yeah, it's it's so important because I'm working alongside another physio to try and help someone. So mm. it's like Matt has always had this, um, I guess, really good philosophy and it's like just do whatever you have to do to try and get this person on the right path. Um, and, yeah, we will always have double ups, so two physios in the room and it creates this epic environment between all of us. We're all young. We are all keen to learn and help people. Um, so yeah. And whether that person is then seen more frequent or more, like it it totally depends on what, what the issue is. Um, but yeah, that's how it runs a little bit more time. It really does make a world of a difference. And like, um, yeah, we've now also got a exercise physiologist on board and we've got two massage therapists as well, who, um, also speak this same language of, you know, I think movement is overused a lot but they they speak this same language as us um and they'll understand you know where to treat someone and do their own assessment before and afterwards it's not just like wham bam have a Mm. lay down and yeah it's yeah it's a really cool team environment I I couldn't imagine working anywhere else it's it's amazing yeah yeah and with the massage therapy like it does come back to sometimes it's nice just to have a full dedicated session to Mm having being touched yeah. and being uh, massaged and having things worked into because mm-hmm. you know dysfunctions or tight areas stiff areas do build up and and like you said as long as they're speaking that same language yeah. that this is for the purpose of helping you move more mm-hmm. then yeah it, it it sort of it flows very well and Definitely. yeah I was going to ask from because obviously some of your patients go from you know in clinic you do some things with them to get them ready or to hopefully get them back to their sport or get them back to what they like Mm -hmm. doing. And, and I imagine a lot of them go into Motum from there Mm -hmm. um, or you sort of build them up to Motum. What have you found the difference between people who do go into Motum versus people who don't in terms of, I guess, outcomes, uh, sustainability of, of their, you know, therapy of their rehab program and so on. Yeah, uh, good question. Um, where we are again, quite limited at the moment with like our space and time mm. at the clinic. So when that central area is in use for a motum class, all the other treatment rooms come off of it. So our classes at the moment only run very early and then late at night. Oh, yeah. So they get booked out well in advance, which is a little bit tricky for us because there's a lot of people that I would love to be um, sending across into the Motum program, but there's just simply not space. Mm, (laughs) And the other thing that's tricky is a lot of the people that go into the program, um, they 
become these little addicts where it's their one time in a week where they go through all their movement stuff and they don't they don't leave so right, yeah. bless our members love them all so much but they come in and they're, they're in there so um we yeah it's a good question and I would say the outcomes are like proofs in the pudding um we grade everyone at the beginning of their motion journey and then we regrade at the end of every 12 weeks so every three months people go through that baseline movement process mm. again. And the grading is not, like you said before, to be like, shame on you. You do not, you cannot do this. It's more to get an idea that are we progressing people? Are people seeing a change? And does it make sense in their brain? Like in the last three months, have I gone through and done my homework? Have I been accessing the online content? Am I really dedicating myself to X, Y, Z? And, you know, the um, scoring system is not to achieve a perfect score. That's not the idea, but the idea is to know where you sit in that journey and to make sure that you're always maintaining or consistently trying to just creep up a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's, I would say the outcomes are great. Can everyone do it? No. And that's the beauty of where the online um, has come in now because people can access the online content, do the exact same classes um, as what we're teaching in the clinic, but they can do it at their own pace, their own time, um, and still check back in with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so huge and such a value to the online space. Like as we said, you can't replace that in-person energy exchange. Yeah. But you can you can still get a lot of value from having at-home resources that you can just follow along because yeah. You know, there's like you said, even though even if, even a long session with a physio like an hour or half an hour. Mm it's still a very limited time to teach all these oh, movements yeah. and you have to, you know, you can't remember everything that you've learned in that session. Mm. And so it's like having their, them having access to you online is like having you in their pocket, teaching you the progressions that they need to go through yeah. and, you know, what to do if this is, if they're not ready for this progression, where do you go to? And exactly. yeah, so that, that sounds, yeah. It's, yeah. it's but cool. fingers crossed in the future there will be more space and I was more I was gonna ask that was gonna be one of my questions is, is there uh is there is that in the the pipeline or is it sort of just simmering at the moment it um it has say. been in in the pipeline <laughs> and hopefully in the near future that's that's what I can say at the moment yeah, yeah. um we were on the hunt. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, yeah. there's obviously demand for it. And I love seeing on the, on the Instagram, like your massive events, your workshops yes. and the things that you've been doing out in um, nature. And also there was that massive one that you did for physio students. And then more yes. recently there was the move and sip. So I'm, I'm keen to hear about the events and I guess your, your journey with those and Maybe how yeah. you found going from being a physio to now this uh, cult leader, uh, oh, <laughs> cult <movement> leader now, <laughs> but no, just like, think, you know, leading those events. Yeah. Oh, I think I, I can, I can thank you as well for some of this. Cause I, I can, I can really um, remember being at your two workshops in Adelaide and I had this little brown journal and I was like writing down all these things. Cause it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, start with a game, start with something fun, make everyone connect. Like, and I remember leaving that weekend, just feeling so inspired and being like, we, we can do this for what we're trying to teach with our clinic. Right. Um, what you're teaching, what we're teaching, there's similarities, but there's differences as well. Mm. Like we've chatted about. Um, and I think that was kind of the catalyst to starting all of this. We, we had a, held our first workshop in 
regional essay at a place called um, Port Lincoln. And we just randomly made contact with um, one of the health professionals over there. She teed us up with a CrossFit gym. We did some education at the hospital and we just were like, okay, let's just do this workshop. We'll try and see if we could get, you know, 10 people there. Um, We had 30 tickets but we're like, let's just see if we can get 10 people there (laughs) and just pumped it on the socials. We're like, well, what have we got to lose? Um, And boom, all the tickets sold out. So we're like, okay. And that was the most fun. Like Matt and I, when we're up there teaching these workshops, just bounce off each other. Mm. And it's like, it is the best time because it's like how we are in the clinic and when you're with a one-on-one patient, but the energy is just like, elevated and we are just so excited to share what we're doing and share the knowledge that kind of buzz that you get and then since then we've held yeah a few more regional workshops which have been great um and yeah the physio student one was the biggest one that we had done the final year physios at UniSA um invited us to their um it's like their last day of uni where all right basically the poor things sit in a lecture theatre for like five hours and just hear everyone, you know, rattle on about X, Y, Z. And then the, yeah, the kind of like social group for the uni, um, Mitch and Georgia, they um, reached out to us and were like, can you please just run this session for us? <laughs> and they all kind of drapes in all a bit like Devo because they've just been sitting in this lecture theatre or whatever. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we just took them through uh some of our motum flows just getting them moving and that was two lots of 80 people which was yeah close wow. to 160 students um and then that's where we had this idea for the move and sip um I mean yeah we love to connect we love to have a little beverage and we also <laughs> love to move and we're like why are we not putting all these things together um, and we found this epic venue in Adelaide called Jackson Square, and they just put a post out and said, we have these free weekends and we want to host a community event and help people um, sort of achieve their dreams. And we were like, yes, that's us, <laughs> please. Um, so that was two weekends ago um, and was fabulous. And that was probably, um, yeah, a real mix of people. We had people that had never um done motion before or probably even heard of us people just dragging their friends along um and that night was amazing and we're looking um to do some more of those events throughout this year so sweet i'll have to try and book one in yeah please come on down (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, i should i should line up an event i should line up a workshop for the same day it was is it like an evening thing because the move and sip it looked like you know, you yeah. did a did a bunch of movement modem stuff and then did you have a drink and have a boogie kind of thing? Yeah, had a drink, had a boogie, had like a really nice food truck there. It was just, um, yeah, really, really good vibes. Disco balls everywhere. We were just having an absolute blast. Live DJ oh, cranking so these like kind of, you know, disco retro beats as we're just like moving. Um, so that was really cool. Wow. But, yeah, there'll be a couple um coming up there was actually a girl that flew from sydney to come to the adelaide one and i like i That's lost awesome. it i was like i can't believe you're here have you come for something else and she's like no i've come for this i was like wow <laughs> that is so cool so, That's, yeah it it goes to show the power and we've been kind of alluding it to to it the whole time but hmm. people are really 
thirsty, <laughs> pun yes. intended, for uh, in-person stuff where they get to have that. Um, actually, I was listening to a podcast just yesterday uh, about this guy who wrote a book on awe um, and the power of awe for healing and health. And one of the things is this, he called it collective effervescence, which is, mm-hmm. a, is a cool word, but it's basically when people get together um, to move together and, you know, they, they have this shared, you know, there's some kind of shared value or shared interest or shared story um, and the energy just rises. It's like, mm. at a, you know, at a, at a festival um, or at a gig or at a really good yoga class is another example or a yeah. sports game is like this. It's a cool name for it, um, collective effervescence, but I can, I think people, especially given all of the sort of uh, restrictions and and extra loneliness over the last few mm. years, um, then people are especially keen to get involved in that kind of thing. And, and I think people will maybe underestimate how good it is for them <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think especially the ones in the park that we do for our members, they're just like free, everyone come along. And at the end of it, every time it's like, when are we doing this again? Can we do it next weekend? Like people just, as you said, are craving more and more. And it's not until you've like dragged your butt out of bed and, and got yourself there with a bunch of these other people who are, you know, everyone's there to try and do the same thing, right? Like they just want to take their shoes off and just move around. And, um, yeah, it's pretty special, I think. I think um, a lot of the time people say to Matt, myself, and also run at the Physio Smart team, it's like, have you guys just had a moment to just stop and reflect? And I think people probably say it to you as well. It's like, just reflect on what on earth you've done in the last year and a bit. Um, and to be honest, we, we haven't stopped. Like we, we, we just keep kind of rolling cause things are just coming to us and it's pretty special, but, um, yeah, I think we should stop more and reflect on like what we've created and the, the amazing humans that are around us. Cause it's pretty, um, unique and, and special, especially in health and in physio, mm. just, it doesn't really exist. <laughs> yeah, you, sh- you really should. It's cause it is amazing. And, and from my vantage point, you know, just just from socials and watching it grow, like I said, that I think, and it's, it is a very similar mission to what we're doing, trying mm. to basically trying to communify health and movement and make mm-hmm. it fun and make it enjoyable. And that's, that's really what it's been missing is people yeah. need to feel like they belong to something. They want to have a shared, uh, a shared language and shared passion. Um, and it needs to be fun and engaging. Otherwise it's just the boring old stuff mm. that never, that maybe works if you do it, but the chances of you doing it because when it's boring and, and stale are pretty slim. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, that's, that's something that we're really focusing on this year is having the, the digital, um, you know, the digital community and the digital online, online space to, to bring people together and to connect people, but then to use that to facilitate the in-person stuff. And so mm-hmm. one of the, one of the things we've been doing, you might've seen it pop up is like a shoes optional stroll. Mm-hmm. Um, shoes optional is one of our taglines and we, we don't want it to be this sort of, you know, we're the barefoot people. If you want to come for a walk with us, then you have to go barefoot. It's like whatever, wherever you're up to, you can go barefoot. You can wear natural footwear. You can wear whatever shoes are right for your feet at the mm-hmm. moment, but come out, let's get out in nature. Let's have a chat. Let's go for a walk and we'll have a bit of a play in the park afterwards. And 
um, we did one in Brisbane. We had like 20 people along to that, which was really fun. Um, Mac did one in Sydney. We're about to do one in the Sunshine Coast in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, it's something very special about, I think, especially a big group of people and going, getting out in nature and just connecting. And there's a, maybe maybe people think the health giving aspect of it is the movement but i feel like that's probably even the lesser part it's even more about the community and the connection that you get yeah yeah definitely it's that yeah what we talked about before those fundamental needs literally just connecting with others moving with others um yeah i like that like that a lot and um the what you mentioned about the the physio students how they on their last day they have that five hour lecture and then like it's just the such a perfect juxtaposition of what you get at uni you academically sit down and learn about the body and learn about movement and all of these things and you you have to then get an external um crew like you guys out to actually take you through movement (laughs) yeah yeah it's wild hey I just yeah I can just remember being in that position as well like being in my early 20s and just sitting and sitting and sitting and then going home maybe going to like a reformer pilates class and then going back and then sitting and sitting and studying and I was so dedicated at uni because I was like I was passionate about this stuff and I wanted to learn as much as I could but I look back at it now and it's like what on earth was I doing like Mm. It, yeah, it just, I don't know, it, yeah, it, it just didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, and in hindsight, it's 2020, but at the time you feel like, well, the, the uni is the authority and mm. this is the way you get taught how to be a physio. And, mm. I, yeah, it just it wasn't even on my radar that I shouldn't be sitting all that time to study in chairs and, like, until maybe two or three years, maybe two years in when I started really getting into all the movement stuff and started listening to people like Ido Portal and Kelly Starrett mm. and, and, um, and then, yeah. And then I started looking at things like my squat and my hip mm-hmm. flexibility. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm like stiff as a board. Um, we, we actually have a very, it seems like a very similar story in a lot of ways. And I ended up in my early twenties having very, um, debilitating knee pain in both knees um and yeah it's it's just interesting to think about what the future of physio training will be whether whether it's likely to change whether we can have some kind of influence on it or whether physios just have to train like that and then they have to learn everything after the fact um I don't know. Is yeah. is that on your radar at all? Are you guys looking at getting into unis more? Oh, it's it's a tricky space, and I think probably the first um, access point, um, and I'm pretty sure I can share this, is that um, we're gonna have uh, we can cut student... it out. <laughs> yeah, no, no <laughs> I think it's happening. Um, I think we're having a student coming um, to us who's gonna basically do their PhD. I think around Motum, so spend a wow. couple of years cool. with us. Um, because we want it to be recognised, like what we're achieving with these people. And, um, you know, unfortunately we can say it all we want, but until there's, you know, some research behind it, it's hard to, um, yeah, get that kind of like stamp of approval from the Mm, unis and mm. to be able to actually get into the unis. So it is something that we're looking to dabble in, but it's not, um, yeah, it's not everything. So, 
yeah, I think it's important. Um, And I just, it's a lot of what I see. I don't know if it's because I've been through it myself, but a lot of people on my list are young health professionals who are in that stage of they're just Mm. in the dumps with their body. Um, Mm. And yeah, it makes me really sad, but it's also like, it's also gives me a bit of hope because they are trying to seek and trying to learn and do, do the right things as well. So I think at the moment it's like, playing catch up but maybe in the future I think it'll take um quite a few years but I would hope um that there's a bit more of a focus on it in in the unis and in schools that's the other thing that we'd love to get more into um and I know that you guys with all your um stuff with the football teams Mm. um it's like incredible but yeah Matt's done a couple of um things at you know childcare centers and primary schools um, but doing more of that would be um, incredible as well. Just a couple more hours in the day would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that first. Yeah, yeah it's um, it is interesting. the The young people like us, or I guess like we, where we were, who are in pain and are a bit more impressionable or at least I think when you're young you realize that I shouldn't be in pain (laughs) whereas the attitude I think of a lot of 40 even 30 30 40 50 year old people these days is well I'm just getting old like and they almost accept that as a matter of course whereas when you're young you're like hang on like for me I was like I feel like a literal old man Mm. and I'm 22 I think I was Mm -hmm. maybe 21 or 22 um I was like, this just isn't right. Like, so I really need to fix this. And I, and I just, just sought anything to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, because of what I knew, I guess, about movement and, and the body, then I, I think I had a better pathway than most. Whereas I think the older generation, and that happens to be the people who teach at universities, <laughs> Uh, mm. accept that movement dysfunction is normal or they, they believe that this movement dysfunction is normal mm. and they aren't exploring their own movement potential and therefore they're never going to be able to pass that on to um, their students. And I guess it's the same goes with physios. If, if you're a, you know, sorry, sorry, I'm not trying to be ageist here, but if you're an older, you know, uh, older generation physio who was mm. trained way, way um, you know, long ago, who has a lot of stiffness and pain and movement dysfunction yourself and you've only ever done hands-on therapy, you're not going to be able to help a client with exploring their movement potential. Whereas if, if you are exploring, you can only really take someone as far as you've been yourself in your movement, I think. And so leading by knowledge. Yeah. Mm. And you have to live it to be able yeah. to share it yeah. yeah yeah and and even just the confidence that oh this stuff actually works because you mm-hmm. don't you don't know that it works until you actually do it on yourself and yeah yeah I think one of the podcasts that sticks with me and I actually do send it to quite a few patients who I think get on on the journey a little bit um is this one that was on the like feel better live more oh, podcast that's he, the one that was think, that was the all one that was on um, oh was that on that one yeah, yeah. yeah it's and a he, great, he great interviews um Tony Riddle and it's like yeah. a few years ago um and I love that one it goes for a little bit long but <laughs> he gives this prime example of this guy in his 70s who was like a office worker in the UK and just 
was basically breaking down and he goes through just all these micro things that he does with him in a day. Like he starts wearing barefoot shoes. He starts standing on the subway instead of sitting. He starts hanging on the little things in the subway and just getting his grip strength back. He's got a standing desk and then he's got his mat on the floor where he like sits down and does his work. He's got a hanging bar in his office. And that for me, I share that with patients quite a lot because it's like, hang on. No, you're in your forties or your fifties or your sixties. You're actually, you're not old when you're really old like 96 and you're telling me that you can't do this stuff then come back and we'll chat but like there's always room we're plastic we can you know what I mean you can always do even if it's a little bit of something so that podcast sits with me I've listened to it I don't know maybe four or five times and then the other thing um that I've listened to probably three times now is move your DNA which you suggested Mm. to me which is Katie Bowman's book but listening to it in that audio book and then walking like she literally tells you this chapter is going to take x amount of miles and you're just like okay and you're just on your way and um some of it's a bit sciencey but a lot of my patients have really connected with that as well those that are really keen to learn a bit more and Mm. dive in so I think yeah we're never too old to change our habits and we're never too old to take on board something new definitely that's such an important message because I think people get a bit rigid in their mindset and their beliefs first and then it Mm. it sort of shows up in their body because if you believe that you're getting old and that stiffness and pain is normal then Mm. you're not going to change your body is not going to change because you're not going to be doing the things that it needs to change whereas if you have someone saying hang on you can change and then here's some education that you can Mm. listen to here's some really good you know inspiration and education to make you realize that you can change. And then it's like, it's a a whole new perspective on life that then can change your, your whole trajectory. And something I've been getting pretty deep on um, lately, especially with this new course is that, and I think you've, you've probably had this experience to a degree as well, is that someone comes to you with this pain and they think that the pain is what they want a solution for. And and Mm. it is, and the pain is, the problem and then if you go a layer deeper it's like well actually the thing that the pain is stopping you from doing is is really the issue that's what you want solved but mm-hmm. at the end of the day with the right approach they should look back and go I'm so happy and grateful that I had that pain because it's led me to where I am now my whole life trajectory has changed mm-hmm. because the things you do to get out of pain for this seemingly isolated problem is a whole body approach to movement. That's really the only way to sustainably get out of pain. Um, And then that whole body approach to movement changes how you think and how you sleep and how you connect with other people. And so the pain can be the opportunity to completely change your whole life, which I think is uh, (laughs) amazing. hundred percent agree. Yeah. I, yeah, I can put it to myself and to a lot of my patients. You know, I remember having this rib pain, shoulder pain, where I couldn't, I could not go to sleep on my left side of my body at age twenty-one. Wow! And it's like, what on earth? <laughs> like that just doesn't match. And from the external, people have looked at me and gone, "Oh, you know, she's fit and healthy, and she's doing all this Pilates and yoga and running." But 
hang on, like I'm literally riddled with this chronic pain because I can't, I can't move. I can exercise, but I cannot move. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, if I didn't hit that low point, I don't reckon I would be doing any of what I'm doing right now. I think I would have just cruised in the career that I was working in. Honestly, yeah, I had, a, I was having a great time, you know, <laughs> just cruising and thinking that this is how I was meant to feel. So I'm, yeah. I'm semi grateful for it in a way. <laughs> yeah, like it's tough at the time, but then when you look back, it's like that actually led me on this path. And then at the same time, people, you know, like you and me and countless other people in this space who've had that experience can then share that experience with other people and hopefully help them prevent it. And, and I think, you know, on a, on a grander scale, for me, this is very relevant for the next generation is just, you know, teaching them the language of movement and, and facilitating, um, play and environmental setups that actually help them move so that they don't have to experience that sort of those low points in order to have a fully functioning um, and fully functioning body and and a sustainable, enjoyable movement Mm. practice. For sure. Um, So that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Uh, I'm interested, well, to wrap it up, You've you've already mentioned that there's a potential pipeline for bigger space, but yeah, what's what's um and more more events? Is there anything else on the on the radar with Motum or PhysioSmart or yourself um in the coming year that people should be aware of or get excited for? Yeah, I think you know, I mean, I have to pump it. You definitely have to be following us on our socials, yeah, <laughs> um, because that's where <laughs> we update everything on every um everyone on everything. I should say, um, yeah, definitely more workshops like you've said um more online programming and content which is going to kind of go whole body so yeah make sure that you're staying um in touch with that and then yeah for myself personally it's getting out of this maintenance phase of movement and I'm now um going big time trying to elevate things up and following a little bit more of a structured program a little bit more kind of I shouldn't say pure strength and calisthenics kind of vibes, but it is a little bit um, because if the new space comes our way, that's what we would like to incorporate a bit more. And again, I'm really into that. If I live it, I know it and I can do it myself and I'll be able to teach it to others. So, um, and I think we're missing that in Adelaide and I think, yeah, the wider community will love it when it comes. Um, And yeah, I reckon that's about it. Lots of things. And if, yeah, if people want us to come to them, especially regionally, like reach out to us because we're keen. We're keen to, yeah, come that, to people. That, that's what I was going to say. Are you thinking of doing interstate workshops as well or is staying we, in Adelaide? Yeah. <laughs> no, we would love to go interstate. It's just um, finding the right connections. So, I got yeah, if this reaches someone's ears um, and they perk up, yeah, that would be amazing. Cool. All right. Well, let's have a chat about that because I, yeah. I think it would be really cool to get you guys going around and I'd like to, um, you know, selfishly, I'd like you guys to come up to to <laughs> Queensland and Brizzy. So, um, well, we'll keep in the loop about that. So on socials, we'll we'll link it all, but there's there's yeah. PhysioSmart and Motum.movement. Yeah. Movement, yeah. Yep. Um, and then yourself is Talia dot dot movement. movement. Yeah, Very cool. original. <laughs> <laughs> How did you come up with it? Oh, I don't know. Genius. Um, um, but I will. I'll also plug you guys because you uh, have really great entertaining content. Uh, do you actually run the socials for all of those platforms? 
So Amy, one of our physios, okay. now runs all the Physio Smart content, and she does uh-huh. an amazing job. And then I'm all over the Motum stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sweet. Well, very, very entertaining, um, and yeah. quite a lot of good educational stuff on Physio Smart, um, mm-hmm. a lot of good instructional stuff on Motum movement. So I'll um. I'll do a big plug for you there. Cause, yeah, Thank very, you so very much for having me. I can't believe we finally did this. We've I talked know. about it and we're here. <laughs> we're here, I know. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'll definitely try and make it down to Adelaide later in the year and it'd be, yeah, it'd be ideal if we could line it up with a move and sip because that sounds really fun um and we'll 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 get a a shoes optional stroll going down there as well and yeah and maybe maybe even do another podcast possibly with you and matt or yeah um, yeah that'd be great love that thank you so much too easy thanks for coming on and thanks for listening everyone we'll catch you on the next episode thanks for listening to the restore to explore podcast to stay up to date with all things tfc join our brand new free community. Inside, you'll find a growing library of education, training and resources to help you resolve common conditions, restore natural function and explore your body's potential with a community that's there to support you along the way. To join, just head to thefootcollective.com or you'll find the link in our show notes.